Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. All right, good morning, everybody. I'm so glad you're joining me here in my living room, and uh, it's great to see all of you here today. Uh, We are in the final week of a message series called Mastermind because we believe this, that your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Whatever your strongest thoughts are, whatever you think about the most, whatever you stress about, worry about, are the most anxious about, wherever your mind is, that's where the direction of your life is headed. And I think that right now, probably a lot of us are thinking about COVID-19. And and so all of our, our anxieties, our stresses, our pressures, our thoughts are wrapped up in all of that. And, you know, the doctors and experts have been asking themselves how we can best stop this virus. And here's the thing, I'm no expert, so... I let them come up with the solutions on that, uh, and I'm just going to do my best to try and do exactly what they say. Uh, but there is something that I feel like a little bit of an expert on, and, and this is something that I have been thinking about a lot, and, and that, it's, it's really it's a question that I've been working over in my mind, and that question is this, how do we not go post-apocalyptic? Okay, so if you don't know what post-apocalyptic means, think, uh, think Mad Max, the Walking Dead, the Hunger Games. Think an apocalypse happens and the world has to pick up the pieces after the fact. I have always just been obsessed with post-apocalyptic fiction. And I've been obsessed with it since I was in junior high. And I picked up and I read The Stand by Stephen King, which is a book about a respiratory virus that sweeps over the world and kills a ton of people and how the survivors pick up the pieces. And I would strongly recommend you don't read it right now, okay? (laughs) Don't read that book. Don't look for the miniseries that was done in the 90s. Just don't do it. Uh, But I have been thinking about that question a lot because in in a lot of these post-apocalyptic movies or TV shows or books, they kind of ask this question. And that question is this, what will hold us together when everything falls apart? What is going to hold society and mankind and people together when everything is falling apart? Now, the Apostle Paul, 2,000 years ago, he lived at a time where for him and for many of the Jewish people who lived in the Roman Empire, it felt like everything uh, was falling apart. They lived in a, a Roman police state where what you believed or what you said could get you arrested. It could, it could get you imprisoned. Uh, it could get all of your belongings and everything you owned taken away from you, your property. Christians were harshly persecuted for their faith, uh, in fact, back then. And, and we can see in a letter that Paul wrote to, a, to the church in Philippi, uh, it's a letter in the, in the New Testament called Philippians. Um, he wrote to this, this church that was extremely poor, and they were facing a lot of persecution for what they believed. Uh, and, and there was a church that was really suffering, and for them, it probably felt like everything was falling apart. In fact, the letter that Paul wrote to the Philippian church, he wrote from a Roman prison cell because Paul was imprisoned for what he was teaching and for what he was doing. And so back then for them, it felt like everything was falling apart. And I think that Paul has some some interesting things to say to us about what happens and what do we do, what will hold us together when it feels like everything is falling apart. And the subtitle is how to not go post-apocalyptic, okay? And so we're gonna take a look at Philippians chapter two right in verse one. And Paul says this to the Philippian church. He says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you have any comfort from his love, if 
any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then, and he stops right there. He's going to say something. And when I read this, it kind of reminds me of something that maybe your mom said to you. Uh, Maybe someone said to you, like, if you love me, eat your vegetables. Okay. If you love me, you'll clean your room. Or maybe your husband or wife has told you this. If you really love me, you'll rub my feet right now. Yeah, I'm not going to say that Terry has ever used that line on me, but I'm not going to say she hasn't. Uh, but but here's the thing. This is, this is what Paul is saying. Paul's saying this. He's saying to the Philippian church, listen, if Jesus has changed your life for the better at all, if Jesus has intersected your life and made it better, then there's something that you need to take seriously. And that something is this. He continues, and I'll read again. Therefore, if any of you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Now, what Paul is saying here is a little bit of a change in how we've been talking about how we think. Okay, so what we've been talking about over the last several weeks is how to kind of address our own individual thought processes and to address the things that are happening in our own minds and our own heads so that we can experience the life that God really wants us to have. But it's been about us as individuals. And there's this shift. Everyone needs to release their... Sorry, there's this shift that must happen in the lives of individual followers of Jesus. And it's this shift from changing how we think as individuals to changing to how we think together. The shift from thinking just about myself to thinking about us together corporately. So like, I want my kids to grow up and be strong individuals, right? I want my kids to have a powerful and incredible life. I want them to be equipped to make good choices on their own. You know, I want them to be wise and confident in themselves. But it's also been very important to Terry and I that from an early age, our kids value being part of our family, that they know they're part of something bigger. And so we were talking about this earlier this week, but when my kids were really little, um, Terry used to get them chanting uh, because they were part of, of the Shandro team. And she'd be like, what team are we part of? And they'd go, Shandro, what team are we part of? Shandro. And we're like, we're part of the Shandro team. And they'd be running around the kitchen table just going, Shandro, Shandro, Shandro. Because we wanted them to feel like they were part of something big, something awesome. And so we started that young. And like, if you know us, you probably know that we still do weird things like that still to this day, uh, just weird family things. And I have like a, just a quick example of, of the types of things that we do. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you that here, right here in just a second. Everyone needs to release their steam. Everyone needs to scream. Everyone needs to release their steam. Everyone needs to scream. You go first, you go first. You <laughs> okay, so no joke, we did that this week. We did that multiple times. In fact, two or three nights in a row, all the kids came into my bedroom and we clapped and chanted, everyone needs to release some steam. Everyone needs to scream. And we all screamed. And in fact, we, when it was my turn to scream, my dog jumped off the bed and ran out of the room so fast. It was like someone had stabbed her with a knife. But here's the thing. You are part of something bigger. Just like my children, you are part of something bigger than yourself. God wants to do a work in your life. 
God wants you to know that you are part of a bigger team. And he wants to do more than just do something big in your life. He wants to do a work in your community. And I'm not just talking about Bloomington Normal or whatever city you might live in. God wants to do a work in your community, your family community, your community of, of close-knit, tight relationships. And what's interesting is right now that we all kind of have this, live in this world of, of COVID thinking, which in some ways is good because it's, it's caused us to think together. You know, the hashtag alone together is, is a perfect example. You know, people all across the world and our nation are thinking in terms of how do we follow the same steps together to fight this thing? How do we think in uniformity and unity so that we can fight this virus? And I would just ask for us, what does this everyday like-minded thinking among Jesus followers look like? What does it look like for followers of Jesus to make the shift from thinking individually, just thinking about ourselves, to thinking together in unity of love and in unity of purpose? And Paul tells us this in, immediately after the verse we just read. And this is what Paul says in Philippians 2, 3. This is how we live this out. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. It's so simple. It's as simple as this. Put others first. It's so simple that this, this is something we teach to preschoolers and, and kindergartners. Put others first. Deep down, we know that this is so right. Instinctively, we know to teach children. Put others first. But it's more than just something that we should do because it's a good practice. Because for Christians, this is crucially important for a couple of reasons. And let me show you this. In, in Philippians 2.5, Paul says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In your relationships with each other, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And so there's two things in this that we can see. First, is that this is about relationships. And it's about relationships because God is all about relationships. That, that's what matters to him. God prioritizes relationships. They matter to him. Your relationship with him matters. And, and your relationship to other people matters to him. And so if we're going to have the same mindset as Jesus, we need to value relationships. But then the second thing is this. It's like, it's what I just said. It's we must have the same mindset as Jesus. This is how Jesus thinks. Jesus thinks in terms of putting others first. His mindset is and has always been about putting us first. How could we possibly carry his name without making the choice to share his mindset? And this ultimately is the shift that we need to make. We need to think in terms of how do we adjust our thinking individually so that God can transform our minds so that he can transform our lives. But then there's this shift that says this, how do we together, how do we collectively share the mindset of Jesus? How do we think like Jesus together? And what does that look like? And so very quickly as we wrap up, I just want to share just three thoughts of what we can do right now. Okay, these are three things that we can, really three questions to begin asking ourselves uh, right now so that we can begin thinking and having the mindset of Jesus. And the first question I want you to ask yourself, and, and ask yourself this now, but I want you to answer it for yourself as well and live this out this week. First question, who should I check in with? 
Who should I check in with? See, right now, changing how we think together, again, it's all about relationships because relationships matter to God. And so who should I check in with is all about investing in a relationship with someone who maybe we aren't living in the same house with right now. And so, so the question to go along with that is, is who do I need to energize and encourage? Who in my life could use uh, me reaching out to them to encourage them, to energize them, and to lift them up? And then also we need to ask ourselves this, who should I check in with? Because who do I need to energize and encourage me? And so first question, who should I check in with? Be thinking about that. Who is it that God might be placing on your heart to touch base with this week because they can make a difference in your life or because you could make a difference in theirs right now? Question two, how can I help someone who needs it? The truth is that right now there's a lot of people who need help. There are people who are lonely, they're scared, uh, people who are hungry. There's a lot of people who are in financial need and very uncertain about their future. And there are, honestly, there's people who are looking for spiritual guidance right now. And just because our landscape has changed, it doesn't mean that our mission has changed. Just because the context of how we live out our mission to make God accessible to everyone and to go and make disciples, just because the context of that may have shifted to a much more virtual world right now, it doesn't mean that that mission doesn't exist anymore. And so this is very important. Ask yourself, how can I live that mission out right now? How can I help someone who needs help? And I would encourage you, I, I don't have the answer for you. I know there's plenty of, of, of ways to do it. Uh, we talked about earlier this week in one of our daily devotionals how uh, our nursing home team got together and they, they wrote up cards to send to the nursing home that we serve at just to, to tell the folks there that we love them and we miss them and try, to try and encourage them. That's one small thing you can do. Maybe there's someone who you know in your life is really struggling financially and you might be able to just shoot them a check and you might be able to, or, or Venmo them or something and you might be able to help them out. Whatever it is, be creative. Use your imagination. You may come up with ideas that I could never possibly dream of. Think outside of the box, but continually ask yourself this, how can I help someone who needs it? Because your mission still exists and God has a plan for you to live it out even now. And then finally, the third question is this, how can I stay connected with other followers of Jesus? Relationships matter. Being connected matters. And being connected to the body of Christ is crucial. And it's because it's hard to be like-minded. It's hard to share Jesus's mindset with other people when you're disconnected. And without being connected to a body of believers, you will always default to thinking like an individual. You're always going to default to thinking about yourself when you're not connected to a body of Christ followers who share the mindset of Christ. So I just want to encourage you. Maybe for you, it's just been really easy to allow yourself to kind of become uh, a social hermit. Or maybe even in your use of social media, your use of social media has just been kind of to scroll people's feeds and look at memes and, and watch videos. I want you to think about using that in a little bit different way. I want you to think about using your social media feed to connect with other followers of Jesus, to be encouraged because, again, without being connected to the body of Christ, believers will always default to thinking individually and thinking about themselves. And I want us as, as God's church to share the mind of Jesus. And that means together that we don't think about ourselves first, but that we put others first, that we think about others as better than ourselves, that we're humbling ourselves and living like Jesus did. 
man, and when we do this, I just want to tell you, like, this world is already being shifted and transformed, but God might be laying a groundwork for our world to be shifted and transformed even more, and that work can begin with us. And you will see your life changed and transformed, but more than that, you will see your community, your family, your relationships, and your community, the city that you live in, completely and radically changed because Jesus is doing something in and through you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you're continuing to do in our church and in our lives. And God, even in these uncertain times, I thank you that you have a word for us, Lord, that, that has honestly been just there since the beginning of time. And so, Lord, I just pray for us as your church that you would help us as followers of Jesus to share the mind of Jesus, that we would have your mindset, that we would think like you, and that we wouldn't put ourselves first, but that we would think of others as better than ourselves, and that Jesus, in the same way that you humbled yourself to die on a cross for our good, that we would find and discover ways to humble ourselves, to lift up and encourage others for their good. And as we all do this, we would see this world transformed and changed by the power and the love of Jesus. Father, I thank you. And we pray all of this in your matchless and holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.